But yeah, we um we recording right now, man. So what um topic do you want to get into first? Shoot, man. Honestly, we could truly get into either the Patriots or LeBron. Honestly. Okay. And before because... I before I do that, like I know we talked about this off the mic, and I I personally want to thank you again because I told you like the episode, and I'm telling the people this now, the episode that me and you did was not only the fastest, like, grossing episode in, like, the first couple of days, but it was it's my highest episode in my podcast that I have ever done. So I personally just want to thank you for that, for your words and everything with that, man. Anytime, anytime, man. It is an honor. It is an honor. Oh, yeah, because, like, hopefully we can run it back with this one because, like, basically what I'm doing now is going to be – Basically, like a year-end wrap-up edition to what I want to do, so we we can reflect on the decade, we reflect on the year, our favorite moments from sports, entertainment, movies, things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm um currently watching I'm, I'm watching football right now, the um Redskins versus the Cowboys. But you say you want to talk about the Patriots first, right? Yeah. So we like to either like the Patriots just being like the San Antonio Spurs of the NFL, which is what I actually call the Patriots because they're always consistently in the playoffs every single year. And I believe they've been in the playoffs every single year since the inception of, of the Brady and Belichick era. And other than that one season where Miami was 11 and five, like the Patriots always won the AFC East titles as well. Absolutely. The um, Bills, the Dolphins, and I forgot the other team in the East. The Jets. Yeah, they really haven't been good. Like, they haven't had a consistent quarterback over the years to compete with it. Exactly. But then it's – but then again, it's their system. Because honestly, like, that one season where Brady was out early – like, there was a lot of questions even then because New England won three Super Bowls prior to that point. But, like, literally the season after they lost to the Giants when they were 16-0, and 0, like, when the Brady was injured early that season, everybody was like, okay, so now we're really going to test out the Patriots to see if it's their system or if it's their QB. And, like... And, like, New England was still 11-5 and five that season. But the reason why they didn't win the AFC East title was because the Dolphins had some tiebreaker over them. Yeah. And, like, that um comparison that you mentioned, I have heard that a lot. Because you can look at Bill Belichick and Greg Popovich. Like, they both, they both have that system in place. One of the top three greatest coaches of all time in, the, in their field. And with the Patriots... I got them team of the decade in, um, in football. Like, that's that's given. Hands down. And, man, like, I think I came to the conclusion that maybe a couple years ago that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. And I came to that conclusion. Like, it was – it really wasn't – it was a lot of debates with Montana, Peyton Manning, Farr, Starr, and all those guys. But me just being watching football constantly, consistently every year since like 2006, like I haven't seen nothing like it. And like we grew up in that era of the LeBrons, the the um 
Tom Brady's. We never seen the Jordan in his prime. We never seen Joe Montana, Steve Young. And we seen a little bit of Brett Favre, but we didn't see these guys in their prime. So from our from our eyes only, we can it's easy to say that LeBron may be the best in the world to us and Tom Brady may be the best in the world to us. It's easy to say that. Right. And then plus and then plus what your Tom Brady case, Tom Brady has the most quarter like the most wins as a quarterback and only him and Drew Brees are actually going back and forth between the uh all time career touchdown passes, which Drew Brees actually broke yep. Peyton Manning's record earlier this season. But the thing is, like Brady is still behind him and Brady and Brees are still gonna go at it. Yeah, because it's definitely it's definitely a system thing because you look at I think maybe it was two years ago when um Tom Brady was either suspended or hurt. I would say suspended, correct? I think he was. I suspended. believe so. And you had Garoppolo come in. You had I forgot the other. One. I got his face in my head. He played. He played for the Colts. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett come in, and those guys were basically undefeated. They both. They, it was under. And that alone can tell. They that alone can tell the system because when Tom Brady was hurt years ago, it was Brian. Was it? It wasn't Brian Hoyer, was it? No, definitely not. It Brian wasn't Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. I can't remember what quarterback. Definitely was. not Brian Hoyer. I can't remember who it was. He, I don't he know, might man. have played for the but Dolphins. Still. But he but came. Anyway, he came but, in but, and um just. It's a system thing. It's a system thing. And then plus even like all the way back in 20, I think it was 2016 when the Patriots came back 28 and 3 against Atlanta. Like literally that whole season, other than uh, Julian Edelman playing the slot because like uh, Edelman is more comfortable playing in the slot and like all throughout like third down plays, like, they had no main wide receiver. Gronk was hurt that season. <laughs> but then, like, a Gronk came back. But literally, for most of the season, all the way until, like, week 11, week 12, like, they literally picked up no names from the street. Like, I think it was Kevin White as one of them. And then yeah. they picked up, uh, I think it was Logan Jacobs or something like that. Like, like literally, some wide receiver named Logan. That also used to play QB like Edelman during yeah. his college time. Yeah. And they went to the Super Bowl. And then, like, their defense, like, we always look at Tom Brady and associate with the Patriots. But the Patriots, at times, they had some really great defenses. Like the 2003-2004 Patriots. With Ty Law, Teddy Bruschi. It was another defense. Yeah, they had like, those guys. They had those, and then, uh, uh, shoot, like, even a Teddy Bruschi. But, like, yeah. the season they went 16-0, they was 20th in total defense. But, like, even the season that they beat the Rams, the last season, actually, like, their defense was in the upper half, I'll say. Like, they had a good defense. It wasn't great, but it was a good defense. So it's basically throughout that entire coaching system, really. And that, that quarterback was Matt Castle. Matt Castle. 
Castle. Yeah. Because like the Castle actually used to play for the Chiefs. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I know the Dolphins or the Chiefs, one of the teams. And like a 2008. But wait, like the Castle played that season that like you mentioned earlier, where like we was trying to name the QBs and whatnot. Yeah, the um, right. Tom Brady got hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like a, that's literally the 08 season. Like literally that same season that they went eleven and five, but lost to Miami <laughs> due to a tiebreaker for the AFC East title. Yeah. So, yeah, like that's a lot of hardware <laughs> for both Belichick and Brady. So yeah. hands down, New England. But then. The AFC also, like, if you really think about the competition within the AFC, like, literally, it's compared to, like, how the NBA Eastern Conference was until LeBron left to go to L.A. Because it was literally any team LeBron was on, the Celtics at one point, and then some random third team, right? Yeah, because it was always the Patriots. It was always the Colts. It was sometimes my Chargers was in that mix. The Broncos was sometimes in that mix. But for the AFC, the last decade, it was literally teams that were either led by Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, but like even going back towards like 2008, for example. Yeah. Just to like really include in Big Ben. But let's say ever since 2000. Ever since 2003, actually. Because, like, literally, like, from 2003 until now, it's either been Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger for those teams, and one random Joe Flacco (laughs) for, like, the Baltimore Ravens. Because it was always either the Steelers or Patriots making it to the Super Bowl or any team that Peyton Manning was on, like the Denver Broncos or the Indianapolis Colts. And that one wild season where Joe Flacco was the QB for the Ravens and went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, had like Like a short playoff run. Yeah. So there's that. And then the NFC, it was literally a different team every single year with the exception of the Seahawks that went those back-to-back years where they demolished Denver and – and, like, surprisingly, Peyton Manning won MVP that season, but they was making him looking mad crazy on the biggest stage. And then that infamous play where they could have just ran two yards. And then, <laughs> yeah. But we all knew what happened after that. And speaking of that, Marshawn Lynch is back to playing for Seattle. <laughs> yep, just signed a deal last well, that's a couple of days ago. Yeah. Oh, man. So let's um, let's get on. LeBron, like, are you a, you a LeBron fan, right? Are you a LeBron fan? Yeah, because, like, uh, literally, okay, so here's the thing, right? At the top of the decade, I hated LeBron, right? Because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, he went to the heat, and now he's with Wade and Bosh. But the thing is, like, super teams always been around. So, literally, as I got older, like, I realized, like, hold up, like, super teams were always around. Yeah. Like, literally, going back to Pippen, Jordan, Rodman in the later years. The Pistons, the Celtics. The Showtime Lakers. But, like, the thing was, like, the uh, Pistons, they weren't no super team, like, talking about, like, Yeah, it was a collective with them. They were extremely, like, defensive. So... With Ben Wallace. 
But them guys are crazy. we cannot talk about LeBron James and his consecutive finals appearances without including the legend himself, James Jones, <laughs> that played with them from Miami to Cleveland, also went back to back to back to back to back every single yeah, year. He was yeah. he was on their run. Yeah, like uh like literally every year. Like he was a role player slash bench player that knew how to shoot threes and did some solid rebounding for a small forward. So yeah. But Braun being as dominant as he was, like his career in a retrospect to me was like his first tenure with the Cavaliers was him like graduated high school. Like literally. Like, okay, like, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and like get my like high school diploma and whatnot. And then he went down to the University of the Miami Heat and put himself around better players. Yeah. Who also taught him more things. With a young coach too. Was, yeah. And then him returning to Cleveland was Braun coming back to his city with his bachelor's and his master's, which I call his two rings. And then after that, he literally brought one back to the city. And now Braun in this L.A. tenure, like, at first, like, I saw it coming, but I was hoping that Braun wouldn't decline like any of the late great stars that went to L.A. late in their career. Because after Rodman won his, like, three rings with the Bulls, he went to L.A., was ass, <laughs> and, then went, and then went to the Mavericks and retired that following season. Carl Malone and Gary Payton sold their souls <laughs> and went to L.A. late in their career. Carl Malone was decent, although, like, Obviously, he wasn't the Carl Malone that he was, but like Carl Malone was decent. Like, and like, a, he's the only player to really have a triple double in his 40s. Hmm. Yeah, because he had a gentleman triple double against the San Antonio Spurs in 03 with 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and uh, 10 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. And then plus uh, Gary Payton, famous for being on the Supersonics, one of the best trash talkers all time, if not the best, sold his soul, went to L.A., and then went to Miami and retired when he finally got his ring with Wade. <clears throat> like, There's also other examples, too, of people's careers ending in L.A., like Steve Nash, for example. Yeah. And, yeah, and he wasn't... Like, although he was known as, like, a great playmaker out in L.A., like, he didn't really do much because he was just injury played <laughs> during his time in L.A. Yeah, he was. So, so, let me ask you, do you consider, what do you rank LeBron on the greatest players of all time? Uh, dang, like, I really had that conversation. Because, like, I remember putting him in my top five, like, for, like, a top five all time. Because, to me, like, a very unpopular opinion, Kareem is number one to me, and Jordan is two. But from, like, a culture standpoint, Jordan is number one. Absolutely. Because Jordan literally made basketball the way it is, like, today. 
as it pertains to the popularity of it. And then everybody just became like the new faces of the NBA and whatnot. But yeah, uh, Braun, I had Braun at three. And like the reason why I have Kareem at number one was because he was fourth all time in blocks and still is, but he was playing four years before blocks and steals were even counted as stats. <laughs> and then, like, the way he was dominant during his time, even against Wilt Chamberlain and other centers like Moses Malone, for example, yeah. Like, he dominated the, like, the 70s, and even when he was on L.A., like, 10 years in. And that's another player, for example. But, like, Kareem was still a prominent player, like, during his time in L.A., but he retired in L.A. So, yeah. I would have Braun either, well, I have Braun at three, but Bleacher Report, they did their 100, no, they did their 50 greatest NBA players, and Braun was number two. Jordan was number one. Kareem was four or three. So. Hmm. I would say, I know if, you would, if I would have asked myself this a year ago, I maybe would have said LeBron first. But like you mentioned, from a culture standpoint and just very much impactful all around, I'm going to go with Jordan number one. But when it's all said and done, when LeBron, by the time LeBron retires, I can almost guarantee LeBron could be better than Jordan. He could be, but LeBron is definitely two on my list. LeBron is definitely two on my list behind Jordan. Yeah, and I'm going to actually check out that uh, top 50 NBA players list on Bleacher Report real quick just to check out. Yeah, because um, Jordan got a documentary coming out next year. Yeah, and it's literally a 10-part series where everybody was on it, from Justin Timberlake, Carmen Electra, Nah somehow, and everyone was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be an um, ABC thing, I think. ABC and ESPN thing, I think. Yeah, because there's literally 10 parts to it, so... Yeah, that's very, very interesting. So, do you have LeBron and the Lakers winning it this year? Dang, hang on now. Because that's a good possibility. Like, it's a crazy because I see, like, the Trailblazers being, like, a dark horse for it. Like, L.A. is the obvious favorites. Houston is also another favorite, too, because... Westbrook and Harden, they've been playing better than what most people think they would because they're like, like, they're literally the type of people to be like, yo, I want the ball first. And then after that, go ahead and make some plays. But they've been playing pretty solidly. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. But the thing is, LA, all they're missing is a point guard for like a, for like a pick and pop option. Because if yeah. you're looking at all the other contenders, like obviously you have Dame and Melo or Dame and Whiteside or McCollum and Whiteside. For Houston, you got Russell Westbrook and Clint Capella or Harden and Clint Capella. For LA, it's like 
their shooting guards, like Danny Green, he's a 3 and D type guy, but he's no playmaker. On, like, the offensive side, like, he's no playmaker. Like, he can shoot threes and all, but, like, he's more of a defensive playmaker. And then Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Needs to be traded. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, there's that. And, oh, to actually go back towards the Bleacher Report list. So, Kareem was at three. Braun is at two. Jordan is at one. Yeah. And then Magic is four and Bird is five. But, yeah. With L.A., unless, like, they have Braun playing the point, like what 2K20 did (laughs) for, like, the updated roster where Braun is at point and Pope is at three somehow. Yeah. That's, like, the real true thing they're missing compared to the other contenders. But what about you? Um... I want to see, like, me personally, I want to see Melo win a ring so bad, but I don't think Portland Trailblazers are not going to do it this year. But I could see a Clippers-Lakers showdown in the Western Conference Finals because they can't play each other before that they gonna be, if they're going to be the one or two seed. So I can see I can see LeBron versus the Sixers or the Bucks. I can see the Lakers versus the Sixers or the Bucks. Yeah, but... Oh, even going towards the greatest players of all times list, right? So, Kawhi Leonard. Two finals MVPs. Two rings. Two different franchises. On the first season that he played with Toronto, and his only season so far in his career, he literally won a chip in his first and only season there. If he... If he along with the Clippers, win a championship this year, along with somehow Kawhi securing a third NBA Finals MVP, would that validate his argument for being on that greatest players of all time list? And I would also like to mention this too. While I was watching the Clippers and Lakers game, Mark Jackson said out of all the active NBA players, Kawhi Leonard is the only active player that has more steals than fouls in his career. That's hold on, more steals than fouls. Yes, that is that's that's crazy. Like that's wow. That's he's an android. That's rare. Like <laughs> oh, actively, no. mind you. Man, Act- I feel like I heard that statement somewhere before too. Maybe I heard it during the um finals last year, but I, I may have heard that before. Yeah, and uh, Kawhi on the Bleacher Report list, he's forty one or forty two, but that's something I also wanted to mention too with Kawhi. But if he does somehow do that with uh, with the Clippers. Three rings, three different teams. He will also be the first player to ever win the NBA Finals MVP with three different teams if he does accomplish that feat. So if he does do all that, would you rank him ahead of Durant? It would depend on where Durant goes. (laughs) Because I know on the Bleacher Report thing, Kawhi is 42. 
But, yeah, like, to really put him in the top ten, like, just keeping it short. Yep. He's missing a NBA season MVP. That's something Braun has. That's something Jordan has. That's something Kobe has. That's something Curry has. That's something Westbrook has. Kawhi doesn't got that. Yet, anyway. Yeah. I feel like nobody's going to get the MVP as long as Harden and Giannis is still in the league, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> the numbers yeah. Harden put up, it's godly. And Luca is averaging Absolutely. damn near a triple-double. <laughs> Absolutely. Along with almost 30 points, if not 30 points. Yep. And Harden is averaging 38, I think. And, Hang on now. And Giannis is... Giannis does what he does. Like, yeah, because yeah, like, uh, Giannis' shooting percentage last season was at 58%. And then, like a Bleacher Report, they also did a comparison stat to 2000 Shaq, and the numbers were similar. And Giannis had a higher shooting percentage than Shaq from 2000. But yeah, Harden is averaging 38.3 points a game right now. That is insane. <laughs> and Giannis is averaging 30. Like nobody's nobody's close. That's not close. That's not. Mm. Now LeBron averaging ten point eight assists and leading the lead. That's that's something needs to be talked about more because it's debate for uh, for a three to four position now. Yeah, it's debate. Older, so he's more at the four, but he still plays at three. The lead, the league, and assists where that's usually mm-hmm. point guard dominated. Yeah, right. That's insane. It's the base if he's up there with the top greatest passes of all time with the with the Nash, the Stockton. You know how Maul feel about that. <laughs> yeah. Magic. Bird even. Because Bird, like literally watching his old highlights. Yeah. One of the most creative players ever. Easily. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, like a bird. Yeah, like bird will have to be in my top five regardless. But that's a different story for a different day. But Braun's dominance in the 2010s, like just bringing all of this back in, insane. And for him to really play like that and still, like, at his age, because he's turning 35 on Monday. Yeah, it's like a couple days. Which would days. be the 30th. On, on December the 30th, Braun will be turning 35. Kobe and Jordan, which are the two ghosts that people talked about a lot, they declined at that age. Braun, he's getting better. <laughs> I think Kobe was more so injured with that Achilles. It would have been it would have been interesting to see if that Achilles would have never happened with Kobe. Yeah, definitely interesting. And basketball, even this decade, like literally 2010, it started out with Kobe, and Kobe had his greatest 
well, one of his greatest seasons in 2013. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, man, like it, like, you know, Kobe and Braun for the finals. But instead, we got the Heat and the Spurs, which for the most part until game six and seven were blowouts. And everybody only remembers game six and seven because they were close. Ray Allen hit that, like, game six winning shot that actually got the heat out of elimination and helped them bring it back to win it in game seven. And then the Warriors also, like, they came out of nowhere for their first chip in the decade. They had 67 wins that season where, like, they beat the injured Cavalier squad in the uh, finals. I think it was 4-1, like, either 4-1 or 4-2. And for the Warriors to come out of nowhere after it was the usual, either LeBron or the Spurs for, like, that decade. Yeah, the Thunder or something like that. Yeah. Like it, that's gonna yeah. be an interesting thirty for thirty. That Thunder team, <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Like literally, yeah. Like they had a lot. If you look at the Hall of Famer that they have had in the past ten years, is Westbrook, Durant, Harden, CP3, Melo. That's five Hall of Famers right there, right? With no ring. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, and I. And I personally have to contribute Damian Lillard for sending the Thunder back into a rebuilding phase. <laughs> like, after that... Yeah, that game winner. ...buzzer beater shot. <laughs> that was when Westbrook and PG left. And then, although, like, CP3, he's balling, it's like, who else do they really have on the Thunder at this point? Yeah, because they talking about trading Steven Adams and maybe CP3. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, like, I will have to shout out the Warriors regardless for that 73-9 and nine season because they proved themselves coming off of a 67-win season. And then everybody forgets that same season the Warriors were going 73-9. and nine. The Spurs were close to doing that, too. Yeah, they were. Like, like literally for two-thirds of the season, it was – the Spurs and the Warriors trying to see who will break that 72 and 10 record. And then the Spurs finish with 67 wins for a two seed. 67 wins for a two seed. <laughs> Insane. Like, like literally the 2016 season of the NBA was the most entertaining season ever for this decade. Anyway. But let's um. What else do you want to touch on? I think that's that's it with sports. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, how about Drake in his decade? Man, I just um. I haven't even finished watching the Drake interview yet, but from because Drake started his career in two thousand nine. No, well, no, main, no, well, mainstream no, his, 2009. Well, mainstream, yeah, because yeah. he had comeback season like, and um, oh, wait, oh, nah. yeah, he had comeback season you know, before that in room and, for improvement. Yeah, 
Yeah, so mainstream, like let's look at his career mainstream from so far gone to Scorpion. Shoot, like literally he started off the top of the decade with Thank Me Later. <laughs> Absolutely. Which had bangers. Like from Fireworks, The Over, Up All Night, Fancy, Unforgettable, Light Up. Light, yeah, Light Up with um, Hove. Yep. Find Your Love. Like, what? And for Drake to literally be breaking records. The way that he was doing with the most consecutive weeks with having a track on Billboard. And that's literally just one of them. Like, like I can't even keep up with everything that he did musically. And even for sales. Yeah, because everybody knows, like, Drake is one of my favorite artists. And it's just me talking about him. I come off sometimes as biased. But in the same breath, it's you have to give it. You have to give him his flowers and look at, like, you look at his career and you look at what others have accomplished. He's up there with the greats. If not top three. Yeah. He's up there with the hoes. He's up there with the Kanye's. He's up there. And he was heavy influenced. Like he was heavy influenced by the Kanye's, the Jay Z's, the Lil Wayne's, and these guys. And even Joe Budden, he was influenced by these guys. And he basically does what a great creator does and he's critiqued these guys and he put it into his own formula and expressing it through his art and like i tip my hat off to drake any chance i get and i've been like i remember i remember being in high school right mm-hmm. i remember being in high school i graduated high school i graduated high school in 2015 but it was around 2013 when nothing was the same came out it was around 2011 i think um take care was out and it was me singing these Drake songs, me rapping these Drake songs. And it was often people have this notion like you're in your feelings and things like that. Off things were like how I was rapping and how I was singing the Drake songs. And if you look at his situation now and you look at the people and his situation back then to now, you look at how much evolution has set in and how much people are praising this man. Because, like, Drake been one... Like, people downgrade this man every any chance to get from the writing, from his child, from just anything they try to find or anything they, try to, anything they try to dig up. But it was just me personally from growing up in high school seeing the greatness in this man in when I was 15, 17, 18, things like that. And... Me growing up on this music, he's always going to be the one of the goats to me. Definitely top three. You got Hov, Kanye, and Drake. And that's always going to be how I feel about it. Yeah. Like, he has definitely been a piece of the culture for this decade. Even with being the ambassador for the Raptors and literally just gaining more popularity for 
the six even, like literally even before he was the ambassador for the Raptors. Like people was going up to Toronto more and more for a good reason because of Drake. Like I don't know much else about the Hollywood North, but it's like Drake literally became the face of that city and then the city started getting more and more popularity and then once he became the ambassador for the Raptors, the Raptors they were doing fine and then they was getting more attention along with their uh playoff runs and how good of a team they are, but you know, look but you know, LeBronto happened, so and then as soon as Kawhi went over to the Raptors and winning that, like that literally redefined a whole city, like to mm-hmm. even for people. And then for Drake also, with his various appearances for being the host of I think it was the Espies at one point, like he was a host of it. And then just doing all that, just trying to cover everything at one time, like he really stayed as a multifaceted individual for sure, like this decade. Yeah, it's definitely one of those. So, what do you um like? One of these days, I gotta put together with like a group of people our top fifty rappers of all time. But what do you rank Drake in that maybe top fifty? Well, where do you rank Drake in that hip hop category? Top 50, uh, I would say in general, just accounting for sales and influence and everything else, I'll say like top 10, which is reasonable because there's a bunch of other rappers that have been very iconic to the culture like Jay, Nas, Puff, Biggie, Pac. Cetera, uh, even like Eminem, for example. Although people give him more flack in the later part of the decade, but everything he did, and even as a businessman, like before all that, like that was something to truly be noted. And then, yeah, like top ten for lyricists is solid. He has a lot of IG captions, which is like. <laughs> very like interesting and also influential because people are just going to be reading Drake lyrics on the timeline and it's just like oh where and then for people that aren't hip like some people might look up like where did that caption come from and just type it in and then the rap genius annotation of that Drake lyric from whatever Drake song will pop up as their search result Yeah, he definitely he definitely got a lot of captions. Yeah. And then even with how he handles himself on certain things too, that could be like for the most part, he handled things like a professional minus like the push a T part. But even when he was getting booed at a camp vlog no, like he handled that respectfully and I actually got an inside story about what exactly happened at Camp Flognaw where Drake got booed so long story short I had a friend that was at Camp Flognaw Camp Flognaw VIP and all 
there were two days for the festival, the, my recollection. And on the last day, they had the headliners and nothing but question marks. But on day one and the week before, they were using this promo video for Frank Ocean. Well, like they were using this promo video that included Frank Ocean. So everybody was like, oh, my gosh, Frank Ocean, one of the most iconic R&B singers of this decade. Uh, he's like going to come out and, you know, sing his heart out and we're all going to love it. And him and Tyler, they're going to be on great terms and blah, blah, blah. But before that, the headliner started coming out. It was ASAP Rocky. People had mixed reactions. People loved Uzi after Uzi came out. And then Drake came out and Drake said that he was going to do two or three songs. And everybody was like, all right, cool. But at the time of the video, he was on his sixth one. And then after the third one, he kept on asking the fans. Well, yeah, fans in this case, because it's a festival. Do y'all want me to do another one? And to look at it from a festival perspective, like just imagine you being on stage at a festival. You're seeing people as far as you can until that point of vision, like you can't see it anymore. Like. And then people at the front row were mostly booing because that video was also in the front row, too. People are standing there all day, messed up Jordans and all. I don't know why for festivals people <laughs> want to wear like their flyest kicks and whatnot when you're going to be mosh pitting and messing up like your pairs of retro ones or like some Yeezys that don't even got soles in them for real. It's just like, come on now. But Drake was like, all right. Thank y'all for having me. And then there were 20 minutes still left of the festival. So people were like, oh my gosh, we're going to get Frank. And then the biggest troll happened to where the screen said, thank you for coming out to Camp Vlog. No. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People were irate. And even Tyler the day after was like, yo, I'm really disappointed in my fans right now. And even people on Twitter was like, it's those damn Odd Future fans. But the thing is, Odd Future hadn't really been together since 2013. And those same fans, they're damn near in their like mid-20s or early 30s now. So those fans are grown. So there's no excuse for it. <laughs> like, yeah. well, I ain't really too... Um, I paid attention to it, but I really didn't pay too much attention to that Camp Flognar situation. I just took it at what it was. Maybe it was a misunderstanding or something like that. Like, I know the Frank Ocean fans, they run deep. Yeah, like, yeah, like I found out about the Camp Flognaw thing through the person I was talking to about it. <laughs> and she's a huge Tyler fan. So she was like, all right, like, like all right, like, my boyfriend and I are going to come out and all that. So yeah. yeah, but yeah, Drake decade of dom dominance has really, it's really it, it has really what he has done in ten years has really set him up. Cause you look at Hove Run from two thousand. What came out in two thousand? Was it the Black Album or the Blueprint? Was I it? believe it was the Black Album. You look at the Black Album from Magna Carta, and even Blueprint 3 came out in 2009, I think. You look at that run alone, 
Like, his, that 10-year run, you got AG, you got American Gangster in our Kingdom Come, you got Volume 2, the Dynasty. That run alone is something that needs to be talked about. I mean, it's talked about now, but it's you look at a decade of dominance, that run alone was is up there with Drake's. Was dominating more than Drake's, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what's your yeah. um Oh you can go ahead. Oh, like you go on ahead, man. What's your favorite Drake album? I would have to say Thank me later, honestly. Like, like that's the most. Well, that's the album that I replayed the most. And it's like literally, like if I have to listen to Drake, then literally he's on with like a lot of different artists. So I was just like, all right. But I just find nostalgia just coming from like Thank Me Later for real. And Take Care was solid too. Like I liked that project, but I find myself listening to Thank Me Later a lot. Uh, views I didn't really like and I literally listened to it the day of with my roommate from college who was blasting it on his laptop and he was like yo like I'm not even feeling this and I'm like what because literally it was like 20 something tracks on views right yep and then like literally on the first listen like I only really liked four of them so I was just like, yeah, like, this is one I'm not going to replay. But, uh, yeah. I think my personal favorite is Nothing Was The Same. Yeah, that, yeah, that joint too. Like, that was a real great project. Yeah. Real great project. He actually mentioned in the, um, the interview... With Elliot Wilson and B Dot, the um the amount that I have watched, he did say nothing was the same with his favorite. Mm. And that was very interesting. Like I didn't know what he was gonna say, but it was just interesting to know that was his favorite. Right. But yeah, what do you want to touch on next? Uh huh. I know I had something. Uh huh. Um I would have to say, like, on a sadder note, do we feel like there will ever be a Last Friday film with the recent passing of John Witherspoon? Because that's been a rumor that's been going on since 2004. (laughs) Yeah. Like, literally after, like, Friday after next. And then Ice Cube even tweeted out, like, yeah, so, like, uh, a lot of the script involved pops so that's going to be scrapped and like he was even apologizing for the delay about it so like like literally the 15 16 year delay <laughs> about last friday and yeah like personally for me i feel like it's just going to be one of those like movies that will never come out but everybody is going to be like oh my gosh we need this but in reality it's like it might not hit the same as how friday did back in 95 how 
next Friday did all the way back in 2001 or 2000. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things like you come out with a movie that's so big and then you basically come out with an, another version of it 20 years, 10 years later. And But I did see a post that Ice Cube said, it was an article, I think the headline, that he signed a network deal with the network for next Friday. I mean, for last Friday. So I would say it's coming out. Yeah, but at this point, it's just a matter of when and how they're going to do that thing. Uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. And random fun fact, I actually have next Friday on VHS. Like, I got that as a random gift from one of my roommates. And, like, I still have it. Like, and people will literally see, like, next Friday right next to my TV. And they're like, why do you have a tape of next Friday? And I'm like, why don't you have a tape of next Friday? But, yeah, there's that. How about meme of the decade? Because memes have evolved a lot since <laughs> yeah. the dark Twitter days back in 2011, 2012. From like those meme generators where you'll just like have a picture and then after that, like you'll just type some words underneath it or like in it and then use that as like a comment or whatever. All the way to Kermit, which personally for me, it's either Kermit or Spongebob, which are memes of the decade, in my opinion. <laughs> I was just talking about that earlier, that meme with, um, because like, as a child, a lot of people can relate to it. It was, Pat, not Patrick, it was Squidward looking out the window at Spongebob and Patrick having fun. And that meme is like very relatable. Yeah. And then, like, the evolutions of the memes also, because now there's video memes that yeah. people post all the time, especially from video clips. Like, anytime, like, there's a AO pause moment on the JBP, or if, like, there's a slip up on a mic at, like, an award show or something, like, that's going to be used as a meme. And even, like, Birdman worked. Like demanding the Breakfast Club to put respect on his name, that video is used as a meme as well, frequently, and even pictures from that, <laughs> like very interview with like Photoshop and all, that was used as like the memes. Yeah, that definitely was a a moment. That definitely was a moment. I can't yeah, but... say what was my favorite. It was a lot, a lot I didn't find funny, a lot I did, but. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a one of um. You don't have you ever seen How to Get Away with Murder? Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, it was one of um. I can't think of the woman. Viola Davis. Viola Davis. It was a meme of hers I really like. And then the LeBron meme when he got his suitcase and walked out. Yeah, like that and walking out, and then uh. There were a few Jimmy Butler memes that, like, I saw on Twitter and Instagram. And, like, a, it was literally, like, one video clip that will literally, like, be having me weak. 
and it's just like the camera catching Jimmy Butler, like getting up off of the bench, staring at something, and then after that, like you could read his lips oh, and yeah. keep saying like yeah. "you bitch," and then I'm just like, <laughs> yo, like I literally have that saved on my phone. Too. It was another good one of two Miami Heat players. Oh man, it, I can't remember their names, but it was like I know one guy was bald head, and then he was like, oh. Okay, okay. Like he looked upset, and then he was like, oh, "Okay, okay." Oh, like uh, that old clip of Alonzo Morning. Yeah, that's probably what it was. It is morning. Like it's literally morning, and then uh, it wasn't UD, it was it? No, 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 no. Because no. like uh, Haslam had corn rolls yeah. like during that like early Miami days. I think. Like, the last name was Jones, but I forgot his first name. But his first name starts with the P. But anyhow, it's more than like, yeah. Like, yeah, you're right, I guess. It's like you, I don't know, it's like you taking a final and you got an A in the class, but you fail it and you still got an A. And you like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I, I, I did this, but yeah. Um, the D Rose meme was pretty good too. Yeah. When he hit that, that one. And then, uh, what other memes? Well, like Joe Budden, <laughs> definitely. Listen, listen. That Joe Budden video they made of him running. Like, he, they photoshopped his head on somebody else's head with a dirty tank top, too. Like, bro. Or, like, a, or, or like a back when he was doing the kickball thing, and they literally, like, photoshopped, like, him, like, rolling a kickball, and then they had him at the bowling alley. They had him on the ice ring. They had him <laughs> yeah. everywhere. And then even with the one where, like, he was going after – those Drake fans. Yeah, them kids. Like, like, literally, there was one with him, like, being photoshopped in with some Terminator scene. I was like, yo, they did a lot with this. There was some nasty shorts Joe Bunn had on that kickball video. Like, when he kicked the ball, like, when he, it was, that was nasty. Yeah, it was <laughs> crazy. But, Joe Bunn, the nasty yeah. dude. Yeah, the whole yeah. one, the Jay Z when he bobbing his head. Remember yeah, that one? that one too. That one too. That's another classic one. Uh, I know, like the Braun meme where like him talking shit to Curry. Like there was a lot of memes where that Braun face from Game Six, and it was literally like right after he blocked Curry. Yeah, when like the game was like. The Cavs were up at like 13 with four minutes left in the fourth of game six. And then Curry gets past Braun, and then he does a fake because he was like right underneath the rim, tried going for a layup, bop, and then after that, Braun's just looking down on him, talking shit. And then, yeah, like his face was used in a lot of memes relating to Aisha Curry as well. I was like, yo. <laughs> yeah. And that um the infamous Friday meme when they were like, damn that one. Yeah. Video that memes. one. That's top yeah. five. That's top five. 
gotta be definitely top five <laughs> and and then uh man like another meme that i like to use it was mike epps and ice cube and i believe this was from all uh, all about from the all about the Benjamins. and then after that epps is just like man like man i like man i ain't never had that happen to me I'm just trying to see what that be like, man. Like literally. Oh man, like Oh yeah. That's yeah, like that's still my current favorite like video meme. And I have a couple. But uh yeah. Memes definitely evolved over time in this decade and that's something i wanted to point out because that's something we use a lot but we don't realize the growth of it you know yeah yeah you're right on that one and and going from one meme to the next and it's a meme right now of a guy he's saying something like that he doing Oh, no. Nah. So, like, literally, like, that yeah, guy yeah. made a whole remix to it. That was trash to me. <sighs> in the, yeah, like, a, in the words of a Rick James, clout is one hell of a drug. <laughs> I'm like... I feel like he was reaching with that one. Oh, no, like, oh, no, like, he wretch and, no, like, he wretch and got the foul called on. Like, oh, it was obvious. Really? Like, Rex then and literally smacked both hands while trying to get the steal from the ball. <laughs> like, come on now. Like, it was crazy. But. <laughs> this um unrelated. This is what I was meant to ask you. Have you seen, did you see the gun titles? Well, not gun titles, but Cave Game versus Loaded Hollow. No. Man, bro. I didn't. Lux, oh, Lux, third round. He brought up the gray hoodie. That's all I got to say. Word, That's word. All I wait, got to wait. say. He brought up the gray. Wait, hoodie. wait, wait, wait. Lux versus Hollow. No, it was it was Hollow. It was supposed to be um Tay Rock and Surf versus Loaded Lux oh, that, that, and that Hollow the Don. Damn, like I like missed out on that, but uh. But Surf went to yeah. jail, but it was um Tay Rock and um Chess versus Hollow and Looks. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. But yo, to even talk about battle rap from the starting of this decade to yeah. now, because like literally, like they were still doing like the Smack DVDs. YouTube was Absolutely. still coming around during that time, and now they have an app. And on paper, like, yeah, yeah, like literally, even like the pay per views and just having verse tracker, like go ahead and have the pay per views for them. But yeah. then the app is like seven ninety nine a month, yeah, which is like sponsor like, or event order. Yeah, and then like literally, I saw. So I literally saw the app months before it dropped. And this was back at Band Legacy 2, back in May. The weekend after I graduated from VCU, 
I was that band legacy too, just literally chopping it up with some of the uh, with some of the production people. Shout out Ike and BC. So BC literally had battles that weren't even released yet, and still hadn't like still hadn't been released, and just show me like the prototypes of like the app and whatnot. I was like, oh word. <laughs> so like uh so like uh, this is where it's going now. Okay, but I'm kind of against it, just thinking about the shelf life of battles, personally. The app? Yeah, because, like, literally, like, the shelf life of battles, it's like, yo, like, literally, as soon as, like, one battle comes out on, like, the app, right? Yeah. Then there's, like, five others that drop within that same week. Yeah. So it's literally, like, people... Like some like some battle rap aficionados are trying to play catch up and then like not even go back to the other battles. Unless like some YouTube highlight of like best battle rap bars of the year or the month type thing, which can also actually stray away from watching the actual battles itself because you're catching a whole highlight reel on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, like battle rap is in an interesting place, and for them to even have like a one-off at like the BET Hip Hop Awards, yeah, that was like that stroke. was that was decent. Like, who was it? it? Geechee like, and Geechee DNA. Who else? It was Geechee and DNA, and it was like long. literally, it was them too. And then the short like, okay. skin guy, I can't remember the name. He he battle surf. Yeah. But uh like the battles themselves, like they were mid. Like it wasn't trash. It wasn't great. Like it was mid for it to be on like an award show platform. Because you know, like you kinda have to limit somewhat of what you say for like an award show because there are youngins that do watch it and really want like Lil Nas X to win best rap song of the year because that broke streaming records and all the kids love it and whatnot. Cause you know, like there could be eight to 10 year olds watching the award show looking for Lil Nas X and they don't need to hear about how like some crazy arsenal bars about like digging up your wife from the grave and then slapping her like type shit. Like, no, like <laughs> that's some arsenal shit. <laughs> yeah but um yeah but battle rap itself from the top of the decade to now there's a lot more versatility there's also a lot more uh definitely a lot more battle volume I'll say because there's a lot more battles dropping now than back then but battle rap is also in a weird place too, where it's like social media antics are becoming more and more and more common, yeah. especially with battle rap. And knowing and knowing some and knowing some of like knowing some battle rappers personally, and knowing some of like the URL people to a good extent. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Like, there's a lot of steps forwards and a couple steps back. Yeah. But we all know what battle rap shit could get crazy. 
Yeah, you know they just announced Surf versus Loaded Lux in 2020. I heard that. I heard that. Like, that'll yeah. be really interesting. And, I, dang, like, earlier in the year, I saw Surf perform live. And Surf did a decent show. Like, I was mad that he showed up late. Like, he showed up at 12.30. And I was like, yo, like, I got, like, I got work, <laughs> like, this next morning. <laughs> and then, like, I had a couple of homies and OGs that were performing and actually set it up and whatnot. So that was cool. And Surf was high. And he did his, like, I-95 freestyle, which was, like, mad dope. And I, and I still got videos for that. Uh, from that show but um yeah uh, i don't know like how to feel about it because really like i'm neutral on it it's like okay like i don't know like it uh, didn't really catch my attention like that like literally just seeing lux versus surf i'm like all right like i could somewhat know what to expect but even going back to the memes, like I saw some wild like SpongeBob meme where like you know like the I, uh, like the I I'm a head out. Yeah, <laughs> I am a head out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like a so like a somebody on Twitter posted something about one week before Surf battles Lux and then the SpongeBob getting up and then it and then the meme said I like I I'm about to go catch a charge. I'm like yo. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, oh man, That's crazy. yeah. But what were some of your favorite battles of this decade? Man, my favorite favorite <laughs> battle is actually a two on two. Mm, okay, and I know it was um Tay Rock and Suser versus DNA and K Shine. I mm. know. Uh, Tay Rock and Shine, uh, Tay Rock and Sue Surf first, like first round, damn near word for word. Mm. Like, bro, like, like it was one line. He was like, "These hammers ain't for construction. I grip it and bang it. Whole whip got sprayed. It ain't getting repainted. R- roll over a balcony. It ain't getting repainted. Something." This boy look like a cop. I put this pig in a blank. Like, like, see how I still know that shit, bro? Right. Like, it was like, that shit was crazy. That was one of my favorites. The Tay Rock. Like, I'm John John Don and Tay Rock, my two favorite battle rappers. It mm. was the Tay Rock versus Hollow the Don one. And it was the John John versus Hollow the Don one. Those are some of my favorites. And also, um, the. Loaded Lux versus Charlie Clips. The Loaded Lark, the Loaded Lux versus Calico. Like all the yeah. ones I just named, them are my favorites. Yeah, like uh, I will have to say, Loaded Lux versus Charlie Clips. Mike P versus Drugs, and I was on stage <laughs> for Mike P versus Drugs, and that was crazy. Like that was a super dope battle, and then. Another joint, I'm trying to think here, from Southpaw Battle Coalition, which is based out in Richmond. There was, like, there was one battle that was very interesting, but I can't, but, like, I don't want to say a battle, and then it was in 2018, but, eh, you know what, 
forget this since we're talking about decades here. I would have to say Moon versus Bravo. That's that's a really dope battle. Like and that's more like a slick talk like style type battle. And mm-hmm. that took place back in twenty sixteen. And that was on Flag on the Moon two, I believe. Yeah, two. Two actually. And uh and a flag on the moon for people that don't know. A flag on the moon is a Richmond winter hip hop festival, if you will. So, yeah, that happened. Some of my other favorites, I would say, Loaded Lux versus Clips. Uh, Arsenal versus Arsenal versus Hollow. I believe when I was in the small room. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a twerk versus Mr. Wavy, and that and that was at band one, so that was real cool to be around. Uh, first Lady Flames versus Coffee Brown, and that honestly at band two might have been battle of the weekend. A lot of people were saying like it was either that battle or Mike P versus Drugs. That was battle. Of the weekend for Band Legacy too, but yeah. Okay. Uh, what else are you trying to get into? Um, we can touch on maybe two topics before we get up before we leave. Do you want to touch on Nipsey first or Kanye? Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess we could do Nipsey. Yeah, we can touch on that just a little bit. And like we talked about this on the episode we did a while back. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so I ain't gonna say too much on it. But it's just I don't know, it's just like I'm I'm, I'm looking at this Nipsey poster as I'm talking to you right now. It's just every day I think about the influence. Every day. And sometimes I just think like what if he was here? Like what if Nipsey was still here? Uh it's just I don't know it's just a lot because I still listen to the Victory Lab I still listen to the Ocean Ocean Views Face the World things like that and I like I don't know I ain't really got too much to say about it that's all I really got to say about it yeah like one thing I'll say here it's like this can be compared to when Biggie and Pac passed away to where people was like, yo, like their influence was really, really significant. And like, even when Biggie died, like Biggie, he only released like what, two to three albums? Yeah, Ready to Die. Like literally um, before then. Can't remember the other one. Yeah. So, and then like Pac, like he had like four to five albums before then because he started dropping albums back in 91 but yeah so with nipsey with what he was doing even for his community overall and people was really rocking with that because he was truly like 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 he literally used music as a supporting platform to the things that he was really trying to do and that thing is to really get people out of a poverty-filled situation 
and make them strive for better, especially with stem cell research of Vector 60. Like, literally, these are some of the things that I talked about on the last episode Absolutely. that, like, we did together. So for him to do that and people still reaching out the initiative to do so, like that, like that right there is like, yo. And then even like his overall influence towards like the community, because I was a bigger fan of Nipsey as a person before Victory Lap. Because like, although like I would hear him on features and stuff, I'm like, all right. But Nipsey wasn't the first artist I was really listening to. And then once Victory Lap dropped, like I was literally spending that project every couple days. Absolutely. And then, yeah. And then like, I even got the word, I even got the word prolific tatted on my left arm because of it. <laughs> so it was like, all right. But yeah, not really going to stay on the Nipsey topic for too long Absolutely. because I pretty much said my point. Yeah, Rest in power to the great neighborhood Nip. Absolutely. Now, to, yeah. And now the Kanye. Yeah. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Album of the decade. That is so true in my opinion. To me, that is album of the decade to me. Yeah, like just revitalizing everything, just going over everything. That's it. Yeah, like hands down. And then plus it, and then plus that was literally like right after the Taylor Swift VMA thing that happened in two thousand nine, and people was like, "What is he going to do next?" And on that album, he had Kid Cudi, Jay-Z's, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, Pusha T, Nicki Minaj, like literally everybody. from Dark Fantasy to Gorgeous, All of the Light. So applause. So applause needs to be talked about more. <laughs> like, had RZA, Swiss Beats, that needs to be talked about more. Yeah. And then they even have Bond... Iver on Lost in the World and then uh what's your favorite song off the album Monster to me Monster yeah that's definitely yeah like and then plus that verse right there like I think that really spearheaded Nikki to where people was like, oh shit, like, she's the top female rapper. It did. Like, if there was even a conversation around that time. Like, for yeah. It, yeah. And then, she, was, she, she was only out for like a year. Like, mainstream-wise. Uh, mainstream like, she had her, like, loaded, like, mixtapes and things like that. But mainstream-wise, she was only out when 2009. Yeah, because, like, uh, I like, I like still remember Nikki's. Uh, verse from like the Five Star Chick remix featuring Trina and Yo Gotti. Yeah. And someone else was on there, but like literally, like I remember watching that video every week on 106 and Park. Like it was crazy. Like, but Kanye, like his his interesting growth. And yet somewhat setbacks, I'll say. Because, like, he started out the decade with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Then Watch the Throne came out. 
And then it was Yeezus, then the life of Pablo, then Ye, then Kitsy Ghosts, and then Jesus is King. Absolutely. It's definitely, you look at, he's one of the most, if you were ever to look at an artist that has changed with every project from not only just how he rapped, but his style and his aura and everything else, like Kanye is the example of that. And like we was talking about my, um, my beautiful dark, like one of my favorite songs on there. Well, my favorite songs on there is devil in a new dress. And I feel like personally that Rick Ross, that Rick Ross verse is so much, so slept on. Yeah. And you look at Kanye's career, like, cause I remember like, cause I used to li- when I used to listen to these people like Drake and Kanye throughout high school, cause Kanye is my favorite artist. People just went through. It is raining outside. But yeah, you look at the evolution of Kanye. People often downgrade him because of his lyrics and antics and things like that. And my opinion, this is solely 100% my opinion. I personally feel like Kanye is the greatest artist of all time in any genre. Like, I personally feel like that. And that's very, very, I can, like, I can argue, I can argue that with damn near anybody. Like, it's definitely up there. And let me see my So, point. even over Drake? Absolutely. Se? Absolutely. He's actually my favorite artist, Kanye. And that's just not being biased. I feel like he's the greatest artist, not only of our generation, but of all time. Of all time. So, like, will you even include, like, Prince, Michael Jackson, everybody? Like, even just breaking it down to, like, a production standpoint? Because I feel like, in that case, like, I feel like with Kanye, his match will actually be prince in that case because prince did something back in 82 where like literally it changed up the production game and he started like utilizing the synthesizers and went down to like a production standpoint even with the technicalities of the sound and that helped out with purple rain and his future projects throughout his music career so and like even as a performer to even put that at a performing standpoint like people always talk about prince mj and beyonce as performers for sales like comparing the sales i believe kanye is up there i know that beyonce jackson prince is up there drake is up there too so just from like a sales standpoint for like streams, well, sales in general, since streams does accumulate the sales, like Kanye is up there as well. And Kanye even produced some of Reasonable Doubt. Absolutely. Which, I was listening to that earlier. Like some people don't realize. And then people were like, I know Rory said it on the Joe Budden podcast, but he said, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy over reason over reasonable doubt. I'm like, you know, I could see that. When you sit like, back I and could. think about it, when you sit back and actually just think about it, not being the moment of what he said, 
It's like, yeah. Yeah, because literally that project when, like, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, I believe it went multi-platinum. And I know Jay's project, I think it went to, like, 2 million. I don't know. Like, just talking about numbers here. Like, I'm not going to get into numbers later, but there is an argument for that. Absolutely. And, like, I tell people all, I tell, I tell people all this all the time. Looking back, graduation, what that album meant to me was, like, beyond just music. Because I remember my freshman year at a JUCO, at a community college. And this is my first year at a college. I'm dealing with anxiety and things like that. I don't know these. I don't know people. I don't. I know a few people here and there, but at the end of the day, this is my first time in college. That album, graduation, personally helped me get through my freshman year of college. And now, like at that moment, I didn't know, but now that I, like this year, I have I have heard people say the same thing. I have heard people say that that album has got them like through college in general and it just speaks volume on it just speaks volume not only just Kanye as an artist but Kanye as a producer yeah um, like now to see where Kanye goes in the next decade that will be very interesting like I know a lot of people is going to gravitate towards that because Kanye has been a very pivotal piece of this decade such as Drake and all mm. so that'll be interesting and one last thing right since we're still talking about hip hop here Uzi tweeted out that 2020 is going to be what 2016 felt like because with all of the projects that dropped in 2016 for hip hop and literally on social media, people was like, yo, 2016 was such a great year for hip-hop. And then 2019, this year, was an okay year for hip-hop. Like, I really felt like there was no true standout project. And, like, before the Grammys, we saw a lot of newcomers or, like, more of the recent faces from the past two years. Yeah. But there wasn't a true, like, heavyweight hitter Kind of like a Jay-Z or a Drake or, like, a Kanye, even for, like, the Grammys, from, like, a technical standpoint for, like, award shows. Yeah, Although said, Kanye came out with Jesus as King very late this year. but You said hip-hop, like, correct? Yeah. Like, a, this year was an okay year for hip-hop. Like, a, it, uh, okay, like, it wasn't bad. Like, there was a lot of, like newer artists just putting projects out there making themselves be known like i know meg the stallion she bodied <laughs> this year with how she well she promoted herself her and the baby although yeah yeah like them too but like other than that it's like people don't remember like certain artists dropping projects like uh like a uh, shoot like Literally in the month of November through December, Max B, Jim Jones, and Cameron dropped projects, but that came out really late. Kane dropped his project, which is actually a good album, but his antics just makes everyone stray away from it. And that's why 
he only did 23K in the first week, in my opinion. Who are you talking about? Because it's just the game oh, with yeah. his Born to Rap album. Yeah. But yeah. So like, I can give you four names that were in the top, like, maybe three years ago was at the top, and three of them still are, that are dropping in 2020. Big Sean, Drake, Kendra Lamar, and Drake. You said Drake twice. I, I said Drake twice. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what, I was that, like, that's what that bias kick in. <laughs> yeah, 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 and Drake. But, yeah, but yeah like, Drake, J. Cole, Kendra Lamar, and Big Sean. All four of those guys are dropping albums next year. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how we lean in towards the new generation, well, the new decade, and to see some of the quote-unquote heavyweight hitters that – at the top of the decade, they were the youngins, and now, like, the youngins, which were the Cole, Kendrick, Drake, they're now the OGs. They're now the old heads. So for them to be putting out music in 2020, like, it's, like, it'll be an interesting year to see who will come out of the gates running. In like the top of 2020. Very interesting, and I'm in, I'm interested. I'm interested in this Kendrick Lamar album. I'm interested. Yeah, because Kendrick to me, like, damn, is personally my favorite album of his all time. Albeit, like, he dropped "How to Pimp a Butterfly" and like a uh, the iconic "Good Kid, Mad City," but yeah. like that really set himself out there as like the main artist and with that Drake co-sign people was like yo like this guy is something else so yeah, yeah. but yeah 2020 from not only just me personally and everybody around me including yourself from just us artists musicians what well, same thing actors just everybody curators all around it's setting up to be something like it's something that's going to be very beautiful to see like from all ends oh yeah man exactly and then shoot like don't even get me started on how technology can evolve within a decade absolutely like shoot like we literally saw it happened this decade. <laughs> so to see where things go, even with the streaming wars, which we didn't get into, but I feel like we don't have to get into because that's a whole nother episode within itself. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, to see where that goes, to see where video games can even go because of virtual reality now becoming more and more of a thing and all that, like, Man, I'm not even going to get into all that because I could talk so much about it. But I'll just pull that off for another episode because oh, yeah, I really feel myself going in about everything technological. And I'm not even like a tech geek. Like, I'm just aware of where we were back in 2010 and where we are now in 2019 at this time of recording. Yeah. Evolution. That's, the, that's just the word, evolution. Yeah. But yeah, that should be that should be it. Anything any, one last thing you want to touch on before we end the episode? Mm. Like something brief? No, because like I'm still revved up about just the technological evolution standpoint. But 
Other than that, not really. Yeah. That should be it. But yeah, man, I really, really appreciate you again for your time and your words. And we got to do this again in 2020 just to set the tone for the year. We got to do this again. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, man, for sure, for sure. Like, we will definitely chop it up after this podcast ends because I got a few things that I'm trying to do at the top of the month and then even going into February. So we will definitely do that. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Let me see.